Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. We're following the journey of Paul and Barnabas, Colin, as they travel from place to place. And uh, yesterday, having been stoned in Derby, Paul went back into the city and then left and went on. And uh, you were making the point yesterday, in every place they went to, they established elders in the churches. Yes, they even revisited the um, churches in in the towns or cities where they'd had to leave because of the opposition, but nevertheless they left a body of believers there that were going to be the nucleus of the church in those cities. So they revisited, and one of the things they did was to appoint elders, to appoint leaders for those churches. And we talked yesterday about that and how um, this is God's order for the church. There is a very definite order of authority and leadership in God's church from a scriptural point of view. Uh, And it says in verse 23 that they prayed for them after a time of fasting, entrusting them to the Lord in whom they believed. So this was considered to be a very, very important um, uh, responsibility to be given. Uh, And you see that in in, uh, both the letters to Timothy and to Titus, where uh, where Paul lists the kind of qualities that are to exist in the life of spiritual leaders. And um, it, it, it certainly was never uh, the fact that people were being put into positions of leadership because they were popular, people weren't voting for them, they were being appointed uh, and, um, and prayed for and were really expecting that there would be an anointing of the Holy Spirit upon their leadership. So then we read in verse 24, uh, then passing through Pisidia, they arrived in Pamphylia. They preached God's word in Perga before moving on to Italia, from where they sailed back to Antioch, the city where they had been entrusted to God's grace for the work that they had now completed. And we were talking last week about how Antioch was now becoming like the apostolic center for the outreach to the Gentiles, just as Jerusalem had been the apostolic center for the outreach to the Jews, both in Israel and beyond. But there was never a competition between Antioch and Jerusalem. Uh, They very much stayed in fellowship and submission. So when they arrived there, this is at Antioch, they called the church together, reporting all that God had accomplished through them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. So, you see, um, you are always responsible to those who appoint you. So, they were appointed by uh, the leadership in Antioch, who you remember prayed for them, laid hands on them, and sent them out in the name of Jesus on this missionary journey that they have just completed. So they come back and they give account of their stewardship, if you like, of what God has done through them uh, during their travels. And in that way, you see, they are holding themselves accountable. They're not sort of independent mavericks just going around doing their own thing. So then they stayed with the disciples in Antioch for a prolonged time. 
So they would have taught and, and preached. Antioch was becoming a center now where there were many leaders that, and preachers that were being sent out. So Paul sort of stays with them and, and they're having fellowship, they're getting built up. I mean, they're at a pretty tough and rough time on this missionary journey that's just finished. So we move into chapter 15, remembering, of course, that this is a continuous narrative. It wasn't written in chapters. And we read, while there were some men while there, some men arrived from Judea. They taught the believers, you cannot be saved unless you are circumcised according to the custom taught by Moses. Now, we've alluded to this in the past, and now we've actually really got to face the issue. This became the first major point of disagreement that the church had to work through. It was caused by the fact that uh, the first Christians were almost exclusively Jewish. Now the gospel is embracing more and more of the Gentiles in Gentile nations. And these two groups of people come from entirely opposite backgrounds. Uh, the Jewish believers would have been brought up under the law and all the traditional customs of the Jewish people. Whereas the Gentiles, for the most part, would have belonged to the pagan religions, which were very libertine and uh, with a lot of what we would call sexual immorality, uh, a almost a debauched lifestyle, really. And uh, the, you can't imagine people coming from two more opposite backgrounds than that. And they've got to be molded into the one body of Christ. Now, of course, you can understand in the natural why those from a Jewish background would sort of look at the lifestyle that these Gentile believers had come out of and, and, and would have said, well, now they need to adopt the law that we have been brought up under so that, you know, they're no, no longer going to live this kind of, of lifestyle that they've, they've just come out of. Now, Paul perceives the complete fallacy of that argument. And uh, he sees its fallacy because, as he is to say many, many times in his epistles, that under the law, nobody was saved. Nobody w was able successfully to keep the law. Nobody came to faith in Jesus as the Messiah through the law. Nobody received the Holy Spirit through the law. Nobody saw miraculous signs and wonders through the law. So why hold on to the law? Why, once you're a, a Jewish person who has come through to faith in Christ and the freedom of the Holy Spirit, why go back to law and why put a bondage on the Gentile believers that you were never even able to carry yourself while you lived under the law. So he saw the fallacy of the argument on that basis. But there was another thing that disturbed Paul even more, that to say you had to adopt the Jewish law was a denial of all that Jesus had done on the cross. It was to say that the cross was not sufficient to bring people to salvation. That the cross, to the cross, you would have to add the law. Uh, 
And this is why Paul was absolutely emphatic. You didn't get saved under the law. You weren't forgiven. You weren't, you weren't delivered from the bondage of sin. You weren't filled with the Holy Spirit. You didn't see miracles happening. It all came through faith in Jesus Christ, crucified and risen from the dead. And this is where, why, wherever he went, uh, Paul made it clear that he would know nothing among those upon who, uh, among whom he was living except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Now, we need to remember that Paul himself was a Jew. He, was, he described himself as a Pharisee of the Pharisees. They were the strictest people in keeping the law. So it wasn't that Paul was a Gentile or had come out of the sort of the Gentile camp. He very much had this Jewish background. He was a legalist in the times when he was persecuting the church before his conversion. So Paul could speak as a Jew to, to show the fallacy of these arguments. Now, with all that as background, let's just read uh, what we, uh, we can see here in chapter 15, verse 2. Paul and Barnabas argued strongly against such teaching and so confronted these men, these ones that said you must be circumcised and adopt the law. Paul and Barnabas, together with a delegation from the church, were appointed to go to Jerusalem to discuss the matter with the apostles and elders. So here you see that although Antioch is developing as the apostolic center for uh, the Gentile churches, it still stays very much in submission to the spiritual leadership there in Jerusalem. So as they traveled through Phoenicia and Samaria, they told of how Gentiles had now been converted, and that brought joy to the believers there. When they arrived in Jerusalem, they were given a warm welcome by the apostles, elders, and the whole church. Now, the apostles were, of course, uh, the original apostles that had been with Jesus. Um, they were, they, apostle is one who is sent with a mission. So they would have gone out, they would have been planting churches, they would have been overseeing the churches. The elders were those that would be responsible for the conduct of the church in Jerusalem. So the apostles and the elders met and the whole church was invited to attend. And Paul and Barnabas then reported all that God had done through them. Now, some of the believers who were Pharisees declared that these are the legalists. This is the, the sort of the Jewish party uh, among the Christian believers. The Gentiles must be circumcised and told that they have to obey the law of Moses. Um, the apostles and elders met to consider this matter. There was much debate before Peter stood to address them. Brothers, you remember that some time ago God made it clear to you that he had chosen me to take the message of the gospel to the Gentiles so that they could believe. God, who knows the heart of every man, showed that he had accepted them by imparting the Holy Spirit to them in the same way that he had to us. He made no distinction between Jew and Gentile, for he purified the hearts of both groups of believers through their faith in him. So Peter is making this very important point. It's through faith in Jesus that people are saved, whether Jew or Gentile. And we'll see how the whole matter was resolved tomorrow. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 